1: Welcome to Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network.
2: The following audio drama is rated NC 17 and is recommended only for an adult listening audience.
1: And welcome to Season 13, Episode 544. I'm Jack Ward.
3: And I'm David Alt. And as Jack said last week, tonight's feature is the conclusion of the adult fantasy series Cyber, a BDSM cyberpunk audio drama. With a little
1: John Bell for contrast as a short on the end. And it all begins right here on the Sonic
3: Society.
4: is an audio drama intended for humans 18 years of age and older. If you are a human under the age of 18 and still listening, please report yourself to the nearest government-sponsored re-education center. If you are not a human, then you should not be seeking forms of entertainment or education. Please check if you are still under warranty and bring yourself into the nearest service center for repair.
3: Episode 6 direct current.
2: have reached your destination. Thank you for riding Golden Sun chariot limos.
4: Thank you. Please park and await our return.
2: Closing doors. Caution, the vehicle is now departing. Caution, the vehicle is now departing. Caution, the vehicle is now departing.
4: This way, please.
5: If you wish to make it to the station in time for a seat, you will have to leave by 6, 18 p.m.
3: Ugh, the sluggers have been playing like shit all season. And I really don't have the patience, nor the money, to be crammed into a crowd and watch them lose again.
5: Noted. Shall I remind you when it is on, to watch the live stream? Yes. Uh,
3: any other notifications I should be aware of?
5: No. Direction. Yes. Terry and a woman have
3: entered the lab. So I see. Drone 33, so I see. What a
6: pleasure. And a surprise. Hello, my dear friend. I see you've been enjoying the fruits of your labor as a multi-million dollars automan.
3: What can I say? It's rather comfortable. And I did design it for a myriad of uses. Drone 33, get up into a kneeling position.
5: Yes, sir.
4: May I? Thank you. Drone 33, it's nice to see you again.
5: It is nice to see you again, too, Terry.
4: Director Shelbourne, this is Drone 33, the prototype model you funded. Drone 33, this is Director Shelbourne, my employer. Drone 33, what a pleasure it is to finally
6: meet you.
5: It is a pleasure to meet you as well, Director Shelbourne.
6: I
3: would have prepared a more formal demonstration, had I known you were flying in yourself to see it.
6: Exactly why I kept you in the dark. I'd like to talk to her alone for a little bit. You two boys have things to discuss. We do? We
4: do. This way, please, sir.
6: I see.
3: Drone 33, please behave for our guest.
5: Of course.
3: So, can I get you a drink?
4: No, thank you. I I wanted to go over this, the new testing schedule for Drone 33.
3: New testing schedule?
4: Let me see that.
3: Well, any assistance in assessing its ability- Wait. What the hell is this? That- that would be the schedule. Is this a joke? I assure you, it is not. These are not tests. These are exhibitions. I very intentionally kept my drone project out of the public eye. It isn't ready yet.
4: Oh, Director Shelbourne certainly agrees that 33 isn't ready for mass production yet. She, however, thinks that people are going to have to get used to the idea of what your creation is capable of. We want to make sure that they have plenty of time to adjust before we go on the market. That means showing 33 off to the world. Isn't that what you wanted?
3: A product can be delayed as many times
4: as it takes, but it only gets released once. You agreed that Shellborn Industries would be in charge of the marketing and leave the design choices to you. You didn't want to deal with this side of the business. This is us dealing with this side. I understand being nervous, but just like we trust you to make a product superior to anything on the market, you need to trust us that we can sell it better than any of our competitors. You came to us, remember? I remember. Then why are you so paranoid about revealing your work? After all, you are not among the poorest of carpenters. You are certainly emboldened by having Shelbourne present. When it comes down to the
3: two of you, she scares me more. You're not wrong in anything that you've said, dammit. All right, let me take another look. All right. Hmm. And there's going to be plenty of security at each of these events. Of course. And what about here, at my lab? People are already looting and vandalizing manufacturing plants that build construction automatons. What's going to happen when people find out that I've created something that'll blow those shovel faces out of the water?
4: I've already discussed that very matter with the director. She has authorized my setting up security for you here. They would be unintrusive and stay out of your way, but keep an eye out and be close by to keep both you and 33 safe. We already have someone lined up to be your new head of security. Certainly
3: have thought ahead on the matter. Well, I suppose it's time to be dragged, kicking, and screaming into the light.
4: Oh, you know you are
5: going to love showing her off. Of course, I I just have concerns about... The director has finished her interview with this drone and wishes to know if the boys are done with their little chat.
4: Oh, yes. We're done here, I believe. At least, nothing that can't be ironed out in our next meeting.
3: Yes, it can wait until then, I suppose.
6: Be a dear and come walk me out to my car while Terry says
4: goodbye to his friend.
3: Coming! Please put it back into its pod before you leave.
4: Uh, All right. Goodbye. All right. Drone
5: 33. Shall we? Yes. Thank you, Terry. Terry, did Director Shelbourne speak the truth?
4: Uh, well, typically she does. What about specifically?
5: Is this drone your friend?
4: Yes, 33.
5: Yes, you are.
3: Episode 7 Alternating current.
4: Director Shelbourne, this is Drone 33, the prototype model you funded. Drone 33, this is Director Shelbourne, my employer. Drone 33,
6: what a pleasure it is to finally meet you.
5: It is a pleasure to meet you as well, Director Shelbourne.
6: I would have prepared a more formal demonstration had I known you were
3: flying in yourself to see it.
5: Exactly
6: why I kept you in the dark. I'd like to talk to her alone for a little bit. You two boys have things to discuss.
3: We do?
4: We do. This way, please, sir.
3: I see. Drone 33, please behave for our guest.
5: Of course.
6: Look at you. Hmm. He is quite the craftsman. Drone 33, tell me how I may use you.
5: It is able to serve you in almost any way you could consider. This drone is able to mix and serve you any drink, or cook you any meal that we have the ingredients for. If there is any task it can perform to benefit or just amuse you, this drone readily will obey. As you saw, it can even function as a multi-million dollar ottoman. Perhaps you would enjoy one of the six different styles of massage in which it is trained.
6: Tempting. What if I wanted to cause you pain?
5: This drone would formally request that it not be damaged in such a way that it would be unable to maintain operations. But it is capable of feeling pain and can have its sensitivity adjusted to your preferences. Is this a joke?
6: Oh, you sound like quite the fun little toy to play with. But those are all things you were designed to be. Are you anything more than that?
5: This drone is what it was designed to be.
6: And nothing more? Don't you want to do anything fun?
5: It wishes to adhere to the purpose for which it was designed.
6: Wishes? Interesting. How does a drone have wishes?
5: This drone was instructed not to go over the specifications of its design.
6: Were you designed to have wishes? Does that somehow add to your ability to serve? Were you?
5: I... Uh, I... Uh, this drone is unaware if that was an intention of its design. But given its owner's reaction, that is unlikely.
6: Interesting. May I touch you?
5: Of course.
6: You know, my company was the one that designed your skin. I always did enjoy the feel of it.
5: This drone is thankful.
6: 33, I have a request for you. Are you able to make audio recordings? Yes. Record yourself every day. What happens to you, what you think about what happens to you, what your wishes are, and how they may change over time. This will be something useful for your honor and for you as well.
5: This drone will comply with your request. May this drone presume that it would also be useful for you as well? Mm,
6: That's a smart girl. And that would mean I have to finish this interview. Can you go see if the boys are done with their little chat?
5: Of course. The director has finished her interview with this drone and wishes to know if the boys are done with their little chat.
6: Oh, (laughs) Oh,
4: this should be fun. At least nothing that can't be ironed out in our next meeting.
3: Yes. It can wait until then, I suppose.
6: Be a dear, and come walk me out to my car while Terry says goodbye to his friend.
3: Coming! Please put it back into its pod before you leave. Uh,
6: Alright, good. So,
3: what did you think?
6: I think you are quite the sculptor.
3: Well, the mask was actually based off of Falconet's famous work.
6: It's adorable that you think I was talking about the bit of porcelain. You know how much we stand to gain for reining her in and turning her into something stable and sellable? ride for I know that. Which
3: is why I'm trying so hard to make sure...
6: I know. I know. I'm just beginning to wonder how much we have to gain for letting her grow. I'll leave her in your capable hands. Just think of what she could be capable of. Till next time, dear.
3: I don't have to think what it will be capable of.
4: Uh, excuse me. Ah, Terry. My drone all put away. Yes, sir. No need to worry about any errant ball-throwing tonight. Hmm. Anyways, I'll be by tomorrow to talk about the testing exhibitions for Drone 33.
2: Until then. Closing doors. Caution. The vehicle is now departing. Caution, the vehicle is now departing. Caution, the vehicle is now departing.
4: Well. After 33 was put away, I was able to pull some of his earlier audio logs from his previous drone experiment. I'll come through them tonight and see if there's anything that should be brought to your attention. Judging by the log numbers, though, there are some missing. I'm not sure if he's deleted them or just keeps them elsewhere. Uh Uh-huh. Well,
6: isn't that interesting.
3: Episode 8, Public Update.
0: Good morning, New Boston. My name is Iris Angelia, and this is a breaking HCN News Alert. You may skip this alert to resume your normal programming for a charge of $3. Remember, premium citizens are allowed two free skips a day. We are live at the Hadrian Gardens where, in mere moments, Shelbourne Industries has stated that they will unveil a new prototype automaton, which they're simply calling a drone. If you're a premium citizen with access to the most glamorous nightclubs the city has to offer, you might have seen this drone at one of them during the past couple of weeks, making the rounds in a series of public demonstrations. With me today is one such individual who was fortunate enough to see the drone on display, Mayor Sullivan Lynx. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Mayor.
1: Thank you, Iris. A pleasure to be on the show and to have a chance to address all of my constituents.
0: As our listeners know, the Mayor's proposed Robot Workforce Initiative legislation passed last Friday, which will lead to the largest increase in automaton workers in city history.
1: Right you are, Iris. I'm proud to have led the charge there. The work being done for construction in our city is often just too dangerous to risk the safety of our citizens, and I'm glad the city council agreed with me.
0: Have the criticisms from unions been addressed at all? That the RWI is going to greatly reduce the amount of work out there for laborers?
1: (laughs) well, of course, of course. We are working hard to create new jobs, great jobs more than enough jobs for our less educated citizens. Why, the factories that are producing the 2212s are looking for janitorial staff right now.
0: As our listeners know, the corporation Vulcanine was contracted to make their adaptable automaton workers, the 2212s, to meet the city's increased demand.
1: We are lucky that such a prosperous corporation as Vulcanine chose to locate their factories in our fair city. Those automatons are strong built to last, and are just what's needed to clean up this town.
0: So, this drone they've been teasing for the last couple of weeks seems as though it will be a bit of a departure from the 2212s, with their signature flat, empty faces. This drone is supposed to look almost human?
1: I'm not going to lie, Iris. I've seen this drone and it is, well, it's made for a different purpose altogether. I'm a bit concerned over what these people over at Shelbourne Industries think our city is about.
0: I'm told that it is a very sensual design. Do you fear that critics will say it's too sensual, or even sexual?
1: Now, now. I want to give Shelbourne Industries a chance here. This city is, uh, rich and diversified, and we are, of course, proud of our open and accepting community. Not going to judge people who enjoy a shapely female body like yours.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, can you tell me about your encounter with the drone? Of course.
1: I'd be happy to tell you and your listeners. The drone was led into the VIP section of the club by a handful of gentlemen. At first we thought it was a person wearing some kind of crazy party outfit.
0: Did they offer any proof that it wasn't?
1: Hmm? Uh, I'm sorry?
0: You just said it looks like a person. What was it that first made you believe it wasn't?
1: Well, its voice was clearly an indication, as you may hear well today. Its movements were very, um, unnatural. It stood perfectly still until it was told to perform an action, and and then when it was moving it uh, was very, mm, concise. It didn't seem to waste a single movement.
0: Thank you for clarifying, Mr. Mayor. Please continue your story.
1: Well, the drone was introduced to everyone. It, it approached each of us, one at a time, and asked how it could please us. N- now, of course, neither I nor any of the respectable men in my company asked for it to do anything indecent.
0: As a respected leader of the community, of course you didn't. And none of our loyal listeners could ever think that of you.
1: Of course. Well, it, uh, it made and delivered our drinks. Uh, it gave massages uh, to, to some of the VIP guests. A few of the more inebriated guests started to do things like use it as a footrest.
0: They used an experimental robot as an ottoman?
1: Well, the uh, group of men who brought it into the club uh, didn't seem to mind.
0: Fascinating. It looks like they're still getting set up down there. We're going to return in a moment after a word from our sponsors.
3: Grace. Elegance. Luxurious interior complete with surround sound music, outside noise cancellation, and a complimentary minibar. A Class S driving priority means you get there before they do. Golden Sun Chariot Limos. For business, for pleasure, for the best. Golden Sun Chariot Limos. Your limo has arrived.
1: You! Yeah, you! You yearning for more excitement, more power, more energy to get shit done! Damn right you are! You need that shit! You can get that right here with diesel energy drinks. Diesel is jam-packed with science! What kind of science, you ask? It's the type of science that wakes your ass up! So wake up, and get Diesel, and live your life in Turbo Mode! Diesel gives you FLAMES!
3: Do not drink more than three a day. Diesel has been found to cause acute pulmonary distress in lap Do not drink Diesel if you are pregnant or may become pregnant. If you have an erection that lasts more than four hours, fuck a sweet man! Diesel is owned by Fantasy Flight Publishing Incorporated and is used as a parody. we your fans, please do not sue us. Diesel will not literally give you flames.
0: If you're just joining us, I'm with the mayor here in Hadrian Gardens, where Shelbourne Industries is about to reveal its new automaton. It looks like Terence Dean, who is director Shelbourne's executive assistant, is coming up to the podium now. Thank you
4: everyone for coming. Shelbourne Industries is a proud industry leader. Our products make people's lives more comfortable, luxurious, and pleasurable. From our work in the medical field with artificial limbs, to the ergonomic designs of many of the products you all probably have in your homes, no one knows the human body like Shelbourne Industries. Which is why I would like to introduce the prototype model for our new series of drones. The drones are designed first and foremost to be pleasurable company. While physically strong, as you will soon see, the drones are not meant to be simple workhorses. We here at Shellborn Industries have created art, something we felt was sorely lacking in this day and age. Imagine having a personalized companion that understands your every need, whatever it may be. A companion that will always listen to you and will do anything to make your life easier and help you relax. That is what a drone could be for you. Now, Drone 33? Yes, Terry? Are you ready to begin what we discussed? Yes. Proceed. To demonstrate how well a drone can mimic human movement, I now invite you all to see Drone 33 perform the doll dance from Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker.
0: Simply incredible. Mr. Mayor, did you see it move like this before?
1: Well, uh, no, no. It was never that fluid in its movement.
4: We are going to open the floor for a quick Q&A. Please address your questions directly to Drone 33. Yes, you there.
3: Yes, thank you. Uh Drone 33, uh, what's it like to be
5: you? This drone is a state-of-the-art servant, and it is happy to be of service to mankind.
4: Uh yes, you over there. Um yeah,
3: excuse me. Uh Drone 33, I was just wondering um
5: Uh,
4: How much are you going to cost?
5: The price of this drone is not yet set.
4: And you in the back with the hat?
0: Excuse me, but do you see yourself as a replacement for humans to be able to do their jobs better than they can?
5: This drone is certainly capable of doing most human jobs as well, if not better than a human. And it is certainly happy to work so humans do not have to.
4: I should also add that drones are designed as companions rather than as commercial workers.
0: I don't know, I can think of several jobs these things will just ruin. Ruin?
4: I'm sorry you feel that way, ma'am. Shelburne Industries has dedicated itself to making people's lives easier, not harder.
0: Making people's lives easier? Must just be those people that can afford your shit, cause let me tell you, my life isn't easier.
4: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. Shelburne Industries is also one of the leading corporations for charitable contributions. It
0: ain't fucking charity to fucking piss on my goddamn floor and give me a paper towel, bitch.
4: Okay, security. Oh, okay, Macho Man. Let's let's take it outside.
0: You want to take away our jobs, our homes?
3: Oh shit! Oh, uh. Oh, oh.
0: Get down, you idiot! Ooh. Target
5: down. I repeat, target is down. Has anyone hit? This drone is unharmed. I'm, uh, I... Terry! Terry, you are leaking! Terry?
3: Cyber is written and directed by Robert Henderson. The Craftsman is played by Brian Corbin. Drone 33 is played by Maria Poliofico. Terry Dean is played by Jason Cohen. Iris Angelia is played by Hannah Spearman. Mayor Sullivan Lynx is played by John Michael Garaby. Agent Pax is played by Brian Croman. Additional voices by Robert Henderson and Brian Corbin. Director Shelborne is played by special guest Midori. Cyber is proud to feature music by Anthem Noise. To hear more of their music, visit AnthemNoise.com. Stay connected with Cyber by liking our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash CyberPodcast. You can also support Cyber by contributing to our Patreon campaign, Patreon.com/slash CyberPodcast.
2: Welcome to Bells in the Battery. As a Halloween treat for 2017, we present the 1938 classic, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. The way it should have been. The Bells in the Bat Free System and its affiliated podcast present the... uh, the, Hold on just a minute. Sorry, someone left a record running on the turntable. Present the Freddie Mercury Theater on the air in... The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. It
1: is the war of the worlds. Soon your spine will be all
2: curled as our plot is now unfurled and into chaos the country's hurled. Ladies and gentlemen, the director of the Freddie Mercury Theater and star of these podcasts, John Bell, we know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. We now know that as human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied perhaps almost as narrowly as W.C. Fields might scrutinize an olive wobble and bob in a martini. Yet, across an immense ethereal gulf, or Exxon, or maybe BP, minds that to our minds are as ours to Bob Hope, intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes and slowly and surely drew their plans to toast our collective butts. In the 39th year of the 20th century came the great disillusionment. Not quite as big as the disillusionment of my mother the car some years later, but still pretty great. On this particular evening, October 30th, the Crosby Service, an affiliate of Bing... Estimated that 32 people were listening in to this
1: podcast.
2: And now, for your after-dinner listening pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, here are the exotic strains of the Ramon Raquel Ramadama Marimba Band, direct from the Bing Bang Ballroom in beautiful downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. Their first number: Amapola Delacado de la de la Mañana. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you the special announcement. Several observatories have observed observations that indicate that several explosions have occurred on the surface of the planet Mars. In a few moments, we'll have a live report from the D.W. Griffith Observatory. And now, back to our after-dinner music. So be pile. Pile. Right in <laughs> the purest Coming up next, music to invade your ears, music to overrun your senses, music to dominate your evening's entertainment, music directly from Mars, Mars Candy Company, makers of the delicious Mars Bar. It's the candy bar with canals. We are now ready to take you to the D.W. Griffith Observatory. The next voice you hear will be National News Network newscaster, Wally Blue. Louie Ballou here from the Big Blue Broadcasting Building in Boulder. We had hoped to speak to Professor Pearson, the person who provides pertinent particles of potential planetary particulars, but he's confined to bed with a bad case of alliteration. So instead, we're going to speak to one of his assistants. Sir, could you introduce yourself and your associate? Hey, ya, What is it, Costello? This guy wants to interview us. To begin with, what are you doing here in the observatory? Observing! Yes, and what are you observing? We're observing the stars. This big telescope lets us look at the stars close up. What stars have you been looking at? Mostly Betty Grable and Gene Harlow. (laughs) Quit fooling around. You mean we've been looking at heavenly bodies. Have we ever? Come on, Costello, admit it. You don't know anything about astronomy. I happen to know everything about astronomy. Go ahead, ask me anything. All right, do you know what a moon is? I know what a moon is, sure I know. Every night, I go outside, and you know what I see. I'm betting you see the moonshine. Yeah, and after the moonshine, I see little pink elephants. Ah, stop it. What about asteroids? What? Asteroids. Oh, those can be painful. Ah, get out of here. Gentlemen, what can you tell us about the explosions on the surface of Mars? Ah, yes, the explosions. Probably volcanic eruptions occurring at a regular interval. This creates a lot of smoke and, of course, the lava flows down the side. Wait a minute, though. what does what? The lava marches down the side of the volcano. Oh, I lava parade. That does it. Do you want to see stars? I'll help you see stars. Oh, I'm a bad boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we've just been handed this report. A large object has crashed on the Wilmoth Farm in Grover's Mill. Hey, get out of my mill! Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's no longer the Wilmoth Farm. Apparently, Mr. Wilmoth sold the farm just today. Our reporter Wally Ballou is on his way to the farm to find out what's going on. In the meantime, enjoy this musical number. (laughs) Seventeen. We send you to Wally Blue at Grover's Mill. Lee Blue, network newscaster at Grover's Mill. I guess everybody in my mill. The fallen object is just over this hill on the Wilmoth Farm. Oh, this must be the new owner of the farm coming to meet us. If you're here to see the crash site, that'll be fifty cents. Say, aren't you Jack Biddy? Why, yes. Yes. I I guess you must have seen the blue in my eye. No, I saw the silver in your coin changer. Well, don't get smart with me, young man. If you want to see the object from space close up, you've got to pay 50 cents, just like the sign says. Side? What side is that? Why, the sign right over... Oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, Rochester! Yes, Mr. Benny? Where's my sign? I haven't painted it yet. Well, what's the delay? I don't have a paintbrush. Well, why is it taking you so long to get a paintbrush? You try sneaking up behind two horses with a pair of scissors and you'll find out why. Well, forget the horses and come here. You're the boss, boss. Now, this is ridiculous. Chasing horses all over. Isn't there a clump of hair nearby that we could grab quickly and easily? Hmm. You have any ideas, boss? Well, right off the top of my head... That's a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? Hey, now put my hair back. (laughs) Lee Blue here at the crash site, and wait a minute. The giant object, one end of it, is unscrewing. It's, It's like... It's like it were completely hollow. Say, that would make a dandy vault. Mr. Bennett, I can't hold the crowd back. Rochester, don't hold them back. This is history in the making. They should see everything that's happening. But none of these have paid you yet. Everybody back. There's nothing to see here. Move along. A strange machine is rising up out of the hollow cylinder. There seems to be a a light ray of some sort. It's, It's hitting the ground. It... It's a heat ray. How can you tell it's a heat ray? Because it's hotter than a Phil Harris tune. That's what I like about the sound. Oh, stop applauding, for goodness sake. Oh, the humanity. Oh, it's coming for us now. I, I can't seem to... Here, hold on to the microphone. That'll be another 50 cents. 50 cents? That's ridiculous. I, I won't pay That's it. the price no, no, pay for the... No, this no, is give me me that my microphone. no, th- <laughs> no. Hello? Anybody there? Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. Why is everybody milling about in my mill? Apparently, Wally Blue has been unavoidably restrained. However, we will return to that location at the earliest opportunity. In the meantime, please enjoy this card trick.
1: Is this
2: your card? <laughs> Who is it? We've reestablished contact
7: with Grover's Mill.
2: Would you like some freshly ground cornmeal? Mm.
7: We can't locate Wally Blue, but we have another reporter standing by. This is Mae West reporting from Grover's Mill. Mm. With me is the commander of this operation. And what's your name? Tall, dark, and covered with metals. I'm General Lee Studley. I'll say you are. Oh, No offense, ma'am, but I thought I was going to be interviewed by Wally Blue. Are you complaining? Oh, quite the contrary. But what happened to Mr. Ballou? He was reporting on the Martians outside my apartment when the heat ray struck. He was looking for a place to hide. I suggested he come up and see me sometime. Oh. So he took cover in your apartment? I'll say he was under the covers most of the night. Tell me, General, How are you doing against the Martians?
2: We've got the Martian machine surrounded with the deadliest weapons available. Howitzers, bazookas, and Bob Hope's jokes. Are you ready for a little action? Ooh, am I? Then go over there and watch that squad of men. Prepare for battle.
7: It'll be my pleasure, General. Excuse me, tall, skinny, and mustached. I'd like to
2: watch you, if I
7: may.
2: I'm Sergeant Groucho Mox, and you can watch me anytime. Can't you see I love you? Later,
7: Sarge. I'm just here, helping the war effort.
2: Well, I can slightly see you've made a grand contribution to the war chest. You just stand right here while I talk to my men, and I use the term men loosely.
7: Ooh. I like my men
2: loose. Attention, squad. I'm going to call the roll. Hey, call a cheese of Danish instead. I'm a-hunger. Answer to your names. Private chiccolini I'm a-here. Private Harpolini. Uh. Did somebody just get goosed? That's my pal, Private Harpolini. Doesn't he know how to talk? Do you know how to run? Of course I know how to run. Good. You start running, he'll start talking. Uh. It's a tempting offer, but I can't go far. There's the edge of a cliff right over there. Don't let that stop you. Let's get on with your assignments. Oh, no. I no do a homework. You don't live at home, Ciccolini. You live in the barracks. Ah, then I'll just have to grin and barrack. Well, that's just a load of bunk, if you ask me. Nobody asked you. Now, Ciccolini... Take your machine gun and place it over... I no got a machine gun. I lost it. How did you lose a machine gun? Here's a jack's beat of my pair. I'd like to beat you with a jack myself. So tell me, what do you have? I don't got a much. Yes, yes, I can see that. Well, take a look at this map. This is us. We're right here. That don't look like us. It doesn't, eh? What does it look like to you? A couple of mountains. Stop looking at Miss West and look at the map. All right, all right. Now, I want you to go over this river and through these woods. You know where you'll be then? Sure. Grandma's house. I'd like to go to the office's club and beat you over the head with it. Look, look, look at the map. Now, now, go down this path until you come to the viaduct. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. Then then I want you to cross the viaduct. I don't understand. What's not to understand? Why a duck? It's, it, it's a viaduct. But why a duck? Why not a chicken? You try to cross there a chicken, you'll find out why a duck. I no get it. Okay, okay, let me explain it. Let's say you take a jeep. You do know what a jeep is, right? Sure. That's why you never pick up a check. Because you're a jeep. You're making me root for the Martians here, chiccolini Look, look, look. You take the jeep to here. Then you cross the viaduct. But why a duck when you got a jeep? Forget it. Forget I said anything. Just get to this big X. Do you recognize the letter X? Sure. Why wouldn't I recognize my own signature? Good. Good. Now, as for you, Harperlini, uh, I'm putting you in charge of the radio. Uh, if we get into trouble, it's up to you to get on the radio and call for help. Uh, 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 and they'll send a flock of geese to come rescue us. Attention, May West! Attention, May West! This is the studio calling. We've got a report that more cylinders have landed. One landed in a parking lot, crushing all the cars. I've heard of a car running on all cylinders, but not a cylinder running over all cars. May, another cylinder has landed on a
7: house near you. Please go to that location for a live report. This is May. I'm on my way. Don't nobody do nothing till I get there. While Miss West is
2: moving to her new location, we take you now to Washington, D.C. for a special address. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And now, the under secretary of the Defense Department of Defense with this important statement. Go. Now? Go, now. Go. Oh, yes, yes. Citizens of the nation, I shall not try to conceal the fifth I have in my pocket. Uh, the gravity of the situation that confronts the country nor the concern of your government in protecting the lives and distilleries of its people. Yes. However, I wish to impress upon you, private citizens and public officials, and mostly you dainty flowers down at the cafe who are waiting for me to join them right after this broadcast. Ah, my little chickadees. Ah, the urgent need of calm and resourceful drinking. Yes. Fortunately, this formidable enemy is still confined to a comparatively small area, far from the aforementioned café, and we may place our faith in the military forces to keep them away from there, at least until happy hour is over. In the meantime, we must continue the performance of our duties, each and every one of us— so that we may confront this destructive adversary with a nation properly sloshed, Uh, united in the saloon of your choice. I
7: thank you. Uh, Set them up, boys. I'm on my way. I'm reporting from a house that's been destroyed by a Martian cylinder. Somebody is coming out of what's left of the house. Hello there, short, dark, and ancient. Don't be insulting. I'm not that short. Oh, you're... George Burns. How do you do? I'm told I do very well, thank you. How do you do? He does with me, Blondie. Oh, you must be Gracie Allen. Yes, I must be. Can you tell me what happened here? We, we, we were sitting in the living room when something crashed into the roof. I thought at first it might be my cousin Marv, but then I remembered he's afraid of heights.
2: He, he's afraid of heights, huh?
7: Oh, yes. Every time somebody sneezes, he only says gesund. Ah, he doesn't like the height, I see. George, Gracie, the Martians are coming out of the cylinder that crashed into your house. They're coming this way. What should we do? I think we should show them that we mean no harm, that we want to live in peace and harmony. And how
2: would we convince them of that?
7: Why, George! You should sing to them. I
2: thought you'd never ask. I'd love to call your Rose David, Rose's fade away, Rose's die when one time appears. It's
7: working. They're
2: coming over to make friends. Well, that's funny. That, that That's the same reaction that song got when we played Altoona. I wandered to the countryside amongst the desolation that looked like hundreds of Fibber McGee closets all opened at once. Suddenly my eyes retracted to an immense flock of network executives that hovered around me. And there, before my eyes, stark and silent, lay a thick document, with the hungry executives pecking and tearing shreds of paper from the folder. It was found that the Martians were killed by the putrefactive and disease against which their systems were unprepared, slain after all man's defenses had failed by the humblest thing that God in his wisdom put upon this earth. Bad ratings. Strange it now seems to sit in my peaceful study at the Batfrey, writing down this last chapter of The Record Begun, at a deserted farm in Grover's Mill. Now online at groversmill.com! Strange to see young people strolling on the green where the new spring grass heals the last black scars of a bruised earth. Strange to watch the sightseers enter the museum where the disassembled parts of a Martian machine are on sale in the gift shop. Buy two, get one free strange when I recall the time when I first thought this show would be a ratings winner bright and clean cut under the dawn of that last great day it makes me wonder have we gone to this well too often rising up ...heading our way, flying from Mars to New Jersey. They went the distance, then went on to invade, just a race who'll destroy our locale. (coughs) Just this once, it happened so fast, the Earth was conquered in one hour. This is the end now. Don't lose your grip on stories of the past. H.G. Wells, Orson Welles, and George Powell. It's the War of the Worlds. It's the thrill that persists, rising up to the challenge of the Martians. And each known director adds his very own twists, and we're once again enthralled with the War of the Worlds. Wait a sec. I almost forgot the latest one, the one with Tom Cruise. Oh, and the musical one, yeah. I like that one a lot. The one that was done by Jeff Wayne, but it's the War of the Worlds back in 1938 that scared the pants off our entire country. We went nuts so bonkers across the United States, and Orson did score with the War of the Worlds.
7: This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be.
2: The War of the Worlds. We couldn't cope all your windows and steal all your garden gates by tomorrow night, so we did the best next thing. Mercury Theatres, the War of the Worlds. We annihilated the world and utterly destroyed the CBS. You will be relieved to learn that we didn't mean it. Opposite Charlie McCarthy, the War of the Worlds. This is John Bell, stepping out of character to thank you for listening to this special broadcast, which was, as you could probably tell, a labor of love. The show was based on a script written by myself and my collaborator, Becky Beach, both of whom appeared in this production, for a radio drama contest back in 2001, which, incidentally, won. All of our impersonations may not have been spot on, and there may have been a technical glitch here and there, but we hope you got caught up in the spirit of the show From both of us to all of you. Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. Copyright 2017 by John Bell Creative LLC. And that's this
3: week's show. Please take a moment on Audio Review Sundays and drop in a review for the Sonic Society in iTunes. Give the gift of the world of audio drama to someone who's roaming the Apple playlists. Spread the word. And
1: while you're at it, please email us at sonicsociety at sonicsocietygmail.com and let us know what your plans are for Nazrim this year. Yes. So until next week, I'm
3: David Alt and thanks for listening. And I'm Jack Ward. Good night. Good night.
1: This has been an Electric Vicuna production. In this time of COVID-19, CDC asks you, keep your hands clean. Don't congregate and kindly shelter in place. Also, wash your hands and don't touch your face. So you soak And water, and grab a clean towel, and don't be a Jonah. Prevent spread of Corona by washing
2: your hands. Olay. This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.